Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Winnie Coach, and this is our coaching podcast where we tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. And each episode, we try to provide you with detailed answers and proven solutions to some of the biggest challenges we see today in the market. And I'm super excited today because I have Nicole Mangina with me. Nicole, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. You know, Nicole and I were talking right before the podcast, and Nicole has been in real estate now 25 years. It doesn't seem like that long. I mean, I, we've known each other for a long, long time, but uh, 25 years. So you've seen a lot of different types of markets. I, that I have for sure. And it was a fast 25 years. <laughs> yes, it is a fast 25 years. Well, for our listeners who don't know Nicole, uh, just a couple of things about Nicole. She's been in the business 25 years. Um, she won the Bev Bothell Award in 2019. And for those of you listening who might not know what that is, it's a, it's a, a prestigious award within Windermere of where we have real estate agents that give back tremendously in education. And Nicole, you, you got that in 2019. You, you also have coached agents. Do you still coach, by the way? Uh, I've pulled back a little bit. I still teach for Windermere Education. My oldest is a junior in high school. So I've got the, oh my gosh, my kids are leaving. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've pulled back a little bit on the coaching part so that I can spend time with my boys before. Perfect. They I, I totally back. get it. Being a parent as well. I understand it. Um, also too, you have a great show called the four Two five show where it showcases all kinds of great companies and stores and services and uh, lots of different things in the four Two five. And for those of you who are outside of our area, the 425 is a prefix to uh, the east side of what we call Bellevue, right? Uh, Basically all the suburbs. All the Seattle. suburbs. Perfect. Um, you're also a mom, wife, and a dog owner of two rescue dogs. Yes, I yes. am. <laughs> well, I want to I point this out because I looked up some things, Nicole, about you today. I, I dug in and I, I pulled some stats. So for people listening, because we're going to talk today about the struggle, not the struggle, but the dynamics of the seller's market right now that we're in. And uh, I just want people to know why is Nicole a good person to be talking to? And here's what I'll tell you. Um, 90% of your business's listings as of year to date, I noticed. I also noticed you have 111% list to sell ratios and you have some of the lower days on market when it comes to way below the average. So that tells me a couple things. It tells me one, you know how to price homes correctly or you know how to understand the data to understand how to educate the seller on where the market is. And uh, you're doing it and you're netting sellers uh, quite a bit of money in this market right now. And so you're doing some, some things that are correct. And 90% of your business is dealing with sellers. So, yeah. so you know a few things. I'm sure you've got some nuggets of wisdom to share today with our listeners. 
I hope so. Hopefully they'll be helpful. <laughs> I, I love it. So let's start off. So here's one thing I want to know. I hear this all the time. I hear agents say this um, and they say, you know, uh, let me tell you what your house is worth. Mm-hmm. And that sentence alone by itself scares me a little bit because what it's saying is that real estate agents price homes. How, how do you feel about that statement? And when it comes to pricing homes, what do you feel prices are? Well, the market, the buyer with that biggest checkbook, house, <laughs> at least in the market we're currently in. Yes, I would agree, I would agree with you. <laughs> that being said, we can have a dramatic effect on the price, meaning our process of how do we prepare a home? How do we counsel our sellers? I believe as agents, we can do a tremendous amount to affect the price but the market sets it at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think so, one of the things I always like to say, or we like to coach to is uh, when somebody says, well, what do you think my pri- home is worth? So, well, the market, uh, the market sets the price. But um, the other question I have for you is, you know, there's, is it your experience? There's no set price in real estate. I mean, there's always a range, right? There's always a range. And that range depends on, depends on your carpet. It depends on your paint. It yes. depends on your pictures. It depends on the staging or the lack thereof of all of those things. It depends on the time of year and the buyer sentiment based on that time of year. There's, there's a lot of things that affect the final price. Well, and this is what I want. Um, so we have a lot of real estate agents listening, but we also have a lot of the general public listening. And there might be somebody sitting there right now going, well, you know, my gosh, I've, I've noticed these homes are selling so quickly and it seems like they don't work as hard and it happens in less than 10 days. And my gosh. I'm going to do this. And I think one of the things that we find is that, you know, real estate, it's just like a product like anything else, right? There's a, there's a wholesale price and there's a retail price based on mm-hmm. stuff you just talked about, condition, amenities, location, timing, marketing, negotiation skills. And these are the things that agents, really good professional agents bring to the table where they're worth their weight in gold. Um, for a seller to really have somebody who's in their, in their corner that's able to have phenomenal marketing great processes, Mm -hmm. awesome negotiation skills to allow them in that range to get higher on the range, right? Would you? A hundred percent. And it's, you know, it's just like anything. My husband's a big music guy. I know you can appreciate this. You know, that overnight success that took a long time to have, right? (laughs) It's like that in music. It's like that in real estate, that finished product that you bring to the market that gets this really amazing result in this seemingly short period of time, there's a whole lot of backstory to that, that created that really phenomenal weekend for a seller, let's say, you know, because typically we'll come on the market, maybe a Thursday, you review on Tuesdays. So yes, to the public, I, we got, you know, the public thinks we got lucky, we got the dream listing. Exactly. That sold really quick. Well, we created the dream listing most of the time, right? And, And then the public gets to see the finished product, but they don't know what went into making that happen. Exactly. I love that. In fact, I was uh, listening to a podcast the other day by Robin Sharma, and he said there was a gentleman who was at a, a art gallery, and there was this phenomenal uh, picture of the ocean. And, and he just said, well, you know, that's a beautiful picture of the ocean, but I can't believe how expensive it is. I mean, how long did it take you to take that photo? And the artist said it took me 30 years and one three hundredths of a second. And so, you know, and to your point, right? I mean, there's all this stuff that you do that's re- that you get really good at your marketing negotiation, being in the business and knowing the dynamics of the market that allows you when the game's on, when you take that listing to perform phenomenally well and allow the sellers to net the most money in the given market that they're in, whether it be a seller's market, a buyer's market or a balanced market. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so I love it. So, uh, you know, the, the market determines the price. And like you said, there's, uh, uh, it's based on condition uh, and there's a price range. And uh, one of the things I want possibly sellers to hear today is that, you know, not all homes are created equal. And so a lot of times we see that uh, things are happening quickly in the market, but um, sometimes sellers have expectations that are kind of not in par with, you know, they think that their home is this castle, but in reality, they have to look at what they're competing against. Mm -hmm. Um, How often do you see like right now in the market that we're in where expectations of sellers are kind of a little bit, um, you know, uh, high, if you will? I think there's a tremendous amount of that. Um, because as with any market, there's always a lot of misinformation out there or the whole, you get a little bit of the story, not all of the story, you know? Um, and it's a slippery slope, admittedly, as a listing agent, when you come in and the first thing they say is, yep, the neighbor got 15 offers. So, you know, that's their bar. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe we'll get 15 offers and maybe we won't. Um, but to help, so to unwind that a little bit and help them understand it's the end result that you can get a great result with two offers. You don't necessarily need 15, but also to understand that where the market is and buyer preferences now versus before we just, you know, we've with COVID been remodeling our house, but we had the classic, you know, what was it 10 or 15 years ago where every room was a different color, you know, based on what we were doing in that. We had that, right. We loved it. We loved all the color. The reality is, is buyers don't like that right now. Um, That is not what they, so you, you know, as a seller, you might love it. It has special meaning for you and that's great. But if you want to maximize your sales price, there might be some value in painting. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I want to talk about that. We'll, we'll get to that. I want to talk a little bit more detail on that too, because there's a few questions I have around that. Um, here's one thing I want to ask. So here we are. So we say the market, the market determines the price. So what's your process? Like when you're presenting your information to the sellers and educating them, I mean, mm-hmm. What, what do you do? What do you want to make sure they see kind of help us understand that? Because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of art that goes into that to really structure that in a way. So the sellers can get their expectations in check. And you can also tell the story of what's happening in the market. Absolutely. And you know, there's, as with everything, there's more to the story. So we tend, we're focusing a lot on the cosmetic aspect of how we get them more money, you know, staging, cleaning, paint, you know, paint, not paint, all of that. But there's the kind of technical contingency part of how we get them more money as well. The classic one is doing a pre-inspection. Yes. You know, that plays into a better end result, whether that's a faster sale, fewer contingencies, a higher price, or whatever makes up your perfect scenario, just as much as all of the cosmetic fun stuff that we did. Because there's a lot of behind the scenes things. And I think people forget a traditional real estate contract has quite a few contingencies in it and out. Let's let's face it. I mean, we say this, as soon as you accept an offer, the power shifts from the seller to the the buyer. Yes. And if you leave some of those contingencies in there, they have substantial power, more than most realize. So being able to reduce those contingencies can be life-changing for a seller with the end result. Um, and even, you know, with this whole market that we've had with so many multiple offers that we've been experiencing and buyers, a lot of times having to make more than one offer, pre-inspections being the perfect example. If a seller's done that and disclosed it to a buyer, I have found that they will get probably up to twice the number of offers 
and better offers than they would if they hadn't done it. Even though the buyer can come in and do their own inspection prior to submitting an offer, they kind of get to the point, they're like, gosh, I don't think I can win. I don't want to spend $500 and you know rework my whole schedule if I don't know if I can compete. Whereas if that inspection's done, it's like, yeah, let's jump in. Let's make this happen. Absolutely. Well, and you also increase the confidence of the buyer because let's face it. I mean, buyers are having to do things so quickly now. There's a fear that's there, right? And all of a sudden you've taken that fear off the table because you've said, hey, here's we're disclosing to you all the things that are there. And some of the stuff, maybe we didn't do it all, but we did the big things. But now, you know, we're, we're coming into this with eyes wide open. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, just a personal thing. I think in this market, we're asking buyers to do a lot. And in some cases, sellers and agents are asking their buyers to do, to not do basic due diligence on a house. And that is not okay. I totally agree. I totally uh, agree. Just from a, I don't know, good karma standpoint, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Things need to happen. And they deserve certain levels of information and disclosure in order to make the right decision. Well, and let's face it. I mean, we've all had buyer's remorse and most of the time buyer's remorse has happened when we've been forced into a decision when it's been highly emotional and we didn't have the time to really make the decision that our gut told us to make. And then after the fact, we don't feel great about it. Right. right? And, and that is still going to happen. But I think as a seller, the more you can provide up front and as a listing agent, the more you can counsel your seller to do that, the less chance it's going to happen or, you know, you have minimal ownership in that. That's exactly. on them at that point. I have a question because this came up the other day in one of our sessions. You know, we have areas outside of, of the, the Northwest area. You know, obviously, Winter's footprint's pretty large, and we have some areas that don't do pre inspections. And they're like, why would you do one? And they said, well, what if my seller says, well, you know what? Then I'm, we're going to know this stuff is there, but I don't want to fix any of it. So why do we want to disclose it? Well, I mean, what's the conversation around that? Oh, I have lots of conversations. <laughs> Glad you asked. <laughs> I mean, so a couple things. One, I think there's no such thing as bad information. It's when you get it. Um, so if you find out about something ahead of time, you're just like, okay, well, that's great. And, and you still feel good about it. I, I had clients years ago. I was representing a buyer. We did an inspection on a 20-year-old house. Lovely house, but that's like the kiss of death for the furnace and the water, the roof. Right. Like all of those things work kind of. You know, so they all got flagged in the inspection and we spent three weeks negotiating stuff and managing a lot of emotions that we shouldn't really have had to manage if they would have just disclosed it up front. They didn't exactly. have to address it, but we would have just known going into it what we were getting for the money we were spending. And quite honestly, I had it happen once where we did an inspection and there was like $100,000 worth of work the seller had no idea was there. Right. It was a big deal. Like they actually couldn't move because they had to spend their down payment money to fix this. But you know what? The, it was there. Yeah, It was better be that we found that out than we had bought, maybe if they had bought non-contingent and now there's this, or they had bought contingent and fallen in love with something that then couldn't come together because they couldn't make these repairs. So in my world, that's still a huge win if you're coming from a place of I'm here to serve and do whatever's in my client's best interest, right. whatever that looks like in that scenario. Well, and, and one other thing I heard about, I heard this too, somebody else brought this up, it says, you know, um, if we disclose it and we know about it, we control the expenses on how we're going to repair it, as opposed to a buyer yeah. coming in and doing their inspection and saying, oh, well, you know what? Um, the roof still has some life in it, but now we want a new roof or, and now all of a sudden you're dealing with negotiating at this much higher dollar amount, potentially, right. Yeah. Uh, to do some of these repairs that, that you could have, you could have taken completely off the table before you ever, right. Put it on the market. 
Exactly. Um, and you know, that's usually at least in our contract, that's a three-day time frame, right? They do their right. inspection, they respond, and you now have three days to get bids, figure out if what they asked for was a legitimate request, and come up with a reasonable answer so that you know what you're committing to. Three days goes by really fast. Yeah, three days is not a lot of time. To figure that out. And you usually end up with an average result, in my opinion, for actually both sides, because you just didn't have time to know what you're doing. Right. And three days of just getting inspections or getting people to look at something or getting a bid. I mean, at least in my experience right now, that's, I mean, people are extremely It's almost busy. impossible. It's almost impossible, right? <laughs> yeah. It's almost impossible. Um, so, uh, so that's great. So uh, the one of the things is consistency. Let me just ask you that. So uh, presenting information to your clients. So obviously, you know, showing them the market, how, how much detail do you go into explaining to them kind of the dynamics of the market of what they're competing against? And, uh, you know, in your CMA, do you have kind of a structure on how you do it every single time? I do. And sorry for the uh, background. No, that's your rescue dogs. That's great. <laughs> I love are. it. They're protecting, rest- your, they're protecting your home. I love it. They are from the dear, sweet UPS delivery guy. <laughs> God bless them. He keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love those guys. <laughs> um, so, okay. Consistency on how I deliver my information. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. It's all okay. <laughs> Uh, I do. I present it consistently every time. I think there's a couple things. I try to keep my window up, you know, in our market, what happened six months ago is not relevant today, right? right? So we're trying to keep that window as tight as possible. We're looking at the differential. The mistake I see people making is when it comes to pricing, there's a couple things, you know, you start, you look at the solds, it starts at one price and it ends up at another price. It's important for sellers to understand in any market, there's always a range. And in my belief and experience has been in an escalating market, like we are right now, where we've got multiple offers, it goes over the asking price. You want to start closer to the bottom of the range because that buyers are conditioned to compete. So if you're a really good, solid value, a buyer comes in and asks, what do I have to do not to lose? Right. They actually don't ask what it's worth. They ask, how high do I have to go so I don't lose this house? That is a different and usually higher price than what is this house worth? Whereas if you price at the top, they're conditioned to compete and they come in and they're like, well, God, what is this house worth? I think it's worth what they're asking. Exactly. I don't want to compete. I don't want to go over because it's not worth more than that. Right. And it's a very interesting dynamic. And at least, and then there's the market cycle, because at least here in Western Washington, you know, and it might be different maybe in a resort market. Um, Usually most of our appreciation happens in that first half of the year and buyers are willing to compete and they'll do anything and everything to get a house. And then kind of about June, more houses come on the market, buyers get distracted and they get buyer fatigue. They're done competing. They will actually opt out. And you start to see things go past the offer review date because they're tired of it. Yes. And then you see prices come down. And I actually prep my buyers this time of year. If you see a price reduction, the market is not crashing. It's okay. It's okay. And it I, just I, means I, they didn't read the market right. Yes. And and we are. And we're seeing, I'm hearing more and more of that of, of right now, specifically people we're coaching that are working with buyers saying, our buyers are just getting tired. They want to take a break. Yeah. And I don't blame them, quite honestly. We've seen <laughs> up on them pretty good. <laughs> I know. I just I had somebody that that it's their sixth offer. Their sixth offer, and yeah. they're so close, and they still are not. You know, there's somebody coming in that's either escalating it crazy or giving up everything, um, and they're just they're like, "How do we compete?" 
Yeah, I had it last week. We went 15% over. I was like, okay, I think I can feel a little confident. Oh, not even close. We got blown out of the water. <laughs> I thought, geez, I'm going to have to pout on that one for a little bit. Yes, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's great. And and you're using, do you use present? And are there any specific tools? I mean, like trend graphics, things like that when you're doing your pricing? Present is great. I'm pretty old school. There are, I'm sure there are people with much better presentations than I have. I'll be hundred percent honest on that and know that I admire you and I aspire to be like you. <laughs> I tend to show up with the MLS sheets and I mark all over them. And at the end of the day, I am such a big fan of a, a previewing and then B calling the other agents. Yes. Um, and that that's really where I spend my time. I try to get into every one that I can. Um, and then I always call the agents because that's the other thing to know, you know, A, if they'll share the price, but I want to know, did you get there with the 15 offers or did you get there with three offers? Right. That can be some good insider lot, information. Getting, well. getting a lot of intel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Well, I want to do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the power of a time schedule. And then I want to do a little bit deeper dive on this, uh, on some seller's expectations uh, when it comes to various things in the market, uh, what we're seeing right now. So um, we'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Hey everyone, this is Michael Fanning and with me is Eric Thompson. We're with Windermere Coaching. We thought we'd take just a moment to let you know a little bit about maybe how to get your feet wet into coaching with Windermere Coaching through the Windermere Path. Eric, tell us a little bit about the Windermere Path. So the Windermere Path gives you a call every week. You can join live or you can watch the recording. One of three things happen on those calls. You get a specific lesson that's taught by you, Mike, by Doug Simcock, by me, or Nick Hansen. The second thing that happens is we do live interviews with your Windermere colleagues. So you can hear right from them about how they are implementing all the tools that we teach them in coaching so that you can be inspired by their story. The third thing that happens is you get to ask questions of us, things that are happening in your business right now, in your world, we help just to keep you on the, on the ninja path. Hey, Eric, it sounds like a lot of great content. So listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about the Windermere Path, simply go to windermerecoaching.com, click on the explore button, give us your name and your email address, and we'll get back to you with all the information you need to get started on the Windermere Path. Thank you so much, and we'll return you to our content. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ask a Windermere Coach. And I've got Nicole Mangina with us. And we're talking about this dynamic seller's market that we're in right now. And one of the things I want to talk about, Nicole, is um, the power of a time schedule. Kind of tell me a little bit about how you lay out a time schedule, because I think one of the things we're finding is that um, when things happen so quickly, sellers have this understanding that, well, it's just, it all happens. I mean, everything's going so fast. Why should we pay you what you're worth? And Yet there's still a lot of things now that are happening in sometimes in a condensed amount of time. So how do you give clear expectations to your sellers when it comes to just the time it takes and what you're going to do and making sure that uh, you're ready to go. So when you launch that listing, you're, you're taking the, the best advantage you can of the market at the time when you, when you make it go live. Absolutely. Uh, and it's fascinating because there's a lot that goes into properly preparing a home and our bar is high. Um, around here. It's interesting. You know, I talk to agents from other areas of the country and sometimes I see their listings and I think, okay, if that works where you're at, I mean, right. you get some pretty high expectations, uh, which I think is beautiful because it, I believe it also gets our sellers better results than 
probably other sellers do in different areas. Uh, and one of the comments most sellers make is, wow, I wish I would have started this earlier. I didn't realize quite how much went into all of this. Right. Uh, for me, I have about 18 things that happen before the house goes on the market. You know, photographers, cleaners, stagers, inspectors, all of that. Uh, and I, I show up with a checklist and we just work backwards of, okay, what's your ideal time frame and a calendar? Because there's nothing better than a visual in my I opinion, totally agree. especially when, and we just start filling in the days. Okay. If we're going to go on the market this day, this is what has to happen. And we just start filling it in and okay. Is that realistic? You know, or do we need to adjust the time frame? or what are the other things, um, that are worth and you know I always filter it and I think a big point of difference is a conversation I have with my sellers are there's lots of different things that you can do my filter is always for every dollar you spend you need to make an additional three to five dollars or let's just take it off the table right um which is usually paint cleaning carpet maybe staging and landscaping but you know a lot of times you know oh should I replace my countertops well they're not great countertops but you're not getting a three to one return on that so we can do that with staging um, and we don't have, I think you're better off to go on the market today versus waiting the 12 weeks it's going to take to get those installed. So let's roll with that and focus on these other things. One of the, and speaking of timing, one of the things that my clients get when they hire me or, you know, as you're listening and you're an agent, I'm sure you bring this as well Is I have a super solid team of whatever you need to have done. I know yes. who to call. And they're my guys and I'm loyal to them and I've worked with them for years and years and they will move you to the front of the line um, to get whatever it is you need to have done, done. Right, you have resources. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that's the thing, I think we forget, you know, we're talking about all these great results and these great things that we do for our clients. I think we forget how that information is received sometimes. We, I, we, you can scare a client pretty fast. You totally fast. can. I you show up and you're like, this is, this is all the great stuff I'm going to do. And you're going to have this really amazing result. And gosh, you should just love me and be so happy to work with me. And in the, you know, in their mind, their eyes are spinning and you sound like the peanuts. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I don't even know where to start, you know? So how we deliver the information really, really matters. And then really emphasizing that, you know, we're going to take care of all of this for you. Yes. You know, we're going to schedule it and coordinate it, all of it. Well, and I think you bring up a great point is uh, making it easy. And I think that um, the biggest challenge you face is that they get confused. They don't have clarity. You know, we're, you got to do all this stuff. And then in their mind, they're saying, well, do I have to do it? Do I have to schedule it? Or how do I have to find somebody? And as soon as you, and as soon as we hear these words, no, we have people, we'll schedule it. We'll keep you in the mix on it. We might need you for a few things to let people in and understand your schedule, but we're taking care of it. It just, the weight is lifted off their shoulders. You're just yeah. like, oh my gosh, I mean, you're going to help me do all this? Yeah, we are, right? Absolutely. And they, it's so, I just had a seller and it was, seemed like every day he'd call me like in a panic. What about this? I got you. What about yeah. this? I got you. He's like, I love calling you because every time I call <laughs> you're like, you got it handled. You're right there. Every time, every time I call you, you're right there. But it's, uh, it's good to remind them because it really is a stressful, overwhelming experience. Just the act of moving is, and then we come in with all our brilliant ideas on how we're going to make them more money. And yes. it's good to remember that that is a, it's a lot for them to take in. Well, my two takeaways from what you just said is one is give clarity to the time schedule. So there's no questions about what timing we're working with. And you mm -hmm. said it, then ask them, does that time frame work for you? Right. Right. Does, is that going to work for you? And then the other one is, is 
articulate your value, not just in how you're a great negotiator and you're going to market the home, but articulate your value and the resources you bring with your team. They're not just hiring you, they're hiring all the things you bring to the table. And I think it's important for us as agents to to really own that value because it's huge. Yes, I I I I agree with you one hundred percent. And and the thing we see a lot of times is that um, especially people that are brand new to the business, they may say, "Well, I don't have a team." Um, What would you say to that, or what what would be your advice to the newer agents? Well, I don't I don't necessarily have a team, so how do I assemble a team, or what do I do? My guess is your office has an all office email. Um, I know in our office, we use that all the time. And even for me, there's sometimes something comes up. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have somebody for that. I send out an email within an hour. I'll have at least one really awesome option, probably more than one. So, I mean, we all help each other. I love it. I love it. So my, my last question I want to talk about, because this happens, I've heard this happening a little bit, is when we think about seller's expectations. But Mm -hmm. here's what I mean by that. So a seller says, everything's happening so quickly. So why do we have to do some of these things that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, do we really have to have the staging? Do we really have to do the painting? Do we really have to do, I mean, it's going to sell. It's a crazy market yeah. right now and everybody's escalating. So why do we have to do that? And I think the most important thing is you have to ask your seller what their definition of success is. So there's two aspects I love that. of that. Um, one, the reality is you don't have to do any of it. You can put, I can drive by any house, put a sign up tomorrow and sell it the next day. If that's what you want, right? Cause there's a price for everything. Exactly. Could you leave money on the table? A hundred percent. Could you end up with contingencies that maybe you didn't need to deal with and headaches that go with that? A hundred percent. So what is your definition of success? Um, Do you want to maximize your dollars? Do you want all those extra offers that all your neighbors got? Well, if you do, you're going to get a better result if you follow this process. If you just want to, if you want to be done and it's all about the easy button and you want to be done tomorrow, then yeah, maybe we don't do anything and we just price it that way. And you know what? That's actually okay. I think, you know, as agents, it's important to remember if that's their definition of success, that is 100% okay. But if they want this extra money and you know, a better overall experience, then this is another option. And also, you know, we assume short market times. Oh, my average market times five days on market. Aren't I amazing? Mm -hmm. You know, I've had sellers. They're like, that actually would not be success for me. I did have a seller where we chased the market because he's like, if I get an offer in the first three days, I'm going to be upset because I'm going to think I left money on the table. And we went round and round and I tried to explain to him how that wasn't going to happen. But he's like, no. And so we did. We were on the market. This was probably two or three years ago, probably 90 days. I think we did three or four price reductions. But you know what? When he signed the contract, he's like, you know what? I feel good about it because I know I didn't leave money on the table. I, I tried these higher prices. <laughs> I was like, well, whatever. If okay. That, if that worked yeah. in your mind, that's success, then okay, that's fine. You know, I, but I, I think it. it's important that you got to yes. ask, you know, that because we assume that there's only one way to make a client happy and there are multiple ways based on what they have going on in their own lives. Well, and I also think too, I I think there is a tougher, tougher side of that conversation is when they don't want to do anything, but they want the higher end of the range, right? So they want the retail range by not, but, but they have a wholesale product. And I think that that's, that is really a tough place to be. And that's where we coach to say, you know, maybe I'm not the right real estate agent because I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you to achieve your objections. So 
Exactly. Um, so yes, you need to have that conversation. And I believe that you have to have the seller buy-in, meaning like I will coordinate all of this stuff, um, but you have to pay for some of this stuff and you need to participate. It does not mean, because I do get that question from agents of, oh, my seller won't do this. Should I just pay for it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a slippery slope. They are not owning the process. They still need to be bought in and invested, in my opinion, for it to still right. work. Otherwise, it comes back to bite you somewhere, usually in some negotiation or something. Absolutely. Well, and I've seen uh, agents now we've been seeing that have been giving different levels of package or services mm-hmm. that the seller can choose. So, you know, at this at this at this investment that you're going to make yeah. to hire me, these are things that we'll cover. And at this investment that you're going to make to hire me, these are the things that we'll cover. And if there's things that are going to that maybe you want in addition to it, then we talk about what that might be. And we adjust it on our our in your investment and what you want to invest in me. And there's and there's a range. And uh, I think that's right. Because people have options. So I think that I think there's all different types of ways of doing it. And I wanted the last question I want to just say is or ask you this is, um, you know, not all real estate agents are created equal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to the listeners that are out there that aren't in real estate, uh, that are put, potentially going to jump into this market and, and list their homes, um, what's the value? What's, I mean, seeking a professional, I mean, you know, it's worth their weight in gold, I think. Right. Oh, uh, totally. Of all the things we just talked about. And um, I mean, and you can tell me your opinion on this, but the time and the headache that you save by hiring a true professional like yourself or some of the other listeners that are that are on this co- that are listening to this call today, um, what's a real true benefit to the seller in that in that in that situation? I mean, at the end of the day, what kind of what do they walk away with? That's such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know it's it's multifold. It's it's the price, right? We we've talked about the price, but. Right there's the experience part of it as well that can mean everything from, again, those contingencies, what that contract looks like. I always tell my clients, any contract is two contracts. There's the price part of it, but there's the terms part of it. Yes. And those terms matter a lot and they really affect the price or how you feel about it. And having somebody who really understands that and can articulate it so that you're getting the right result as a seller, because there's so many opportunities for things to get a little wonky and, and being able to do that, but then also having those resources. It's that whole experience that you have from start to finish and having a seller or an agent with a process, because like you said, there's a lot of different people out there. And sometimes either an agent doesn't have a process or their process is, um, well, let's just throw it up and see what happens. Yeah. Right. And then they let themselves, the other big thing is, is in this market, um, having an, a listing agent who doesn't get bullied by buyer's agents. Yes. That is a absolutely. huge thing right now. It is a buyer's agent's job in many ways to bully the listing agent. Mm-hmm. It's the listing agent's job to be have the courage and the market knowledge to stand their ground so that they can properly represent their seller. Um, and that makes a big difference in their final result. Well, and I also think it's a, it's a listing agent that has uh, great communication skills and oh, has yeah. a good reputation uh, mm-hmm. in the industry because you're dealing with other agents that maybe you've dealt with in the past. I mean, I know there's Absolutely. a lot of agents out there that you, you see their name and you go, oh my gosh. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope we get another offer. <laughs> let's hope we get another offer. I mean, so I think that that, that all, and, but all of that at the, at the end, I guess my point at the end is all of that has a, as an impact on that seller 
yes. uh, on their level of success that they're going to have and, you know, invest, make a great investment in a high professional, great real estate agent like yourself or other listeners that are on the call mm-hmm. today that are doing those that have a process that understand what's going on, can articulate and negotiate the contracts well, uh, have great resources because it is worth your weight in gold to get through this. It's one of the biggest decisions you're going to make. So hire somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. For, I believe that to my core. I mean, yeah. I believe the right agent and admittedly at our price points, especially in the market that I'm in, it adds up, right? I mean, it's expensive to hire a good listing agent, Yes, but they will make the difference. That is a nominal amount compared to the difference they can make. I, well, and I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I, I work in the business, but um, bought and sold houses in the process mm-hmm. of buying a, a second home or uh, investment property now. And I, I know the, uh, the value of investing. I know to invest in a professional because it's going gonna, it's gonna to have great return. Um, or I can go on the cheap and I can get a kind of crazy process that may not feel so great. And I may have success and I may not have success, or I may end up costing me money. Uh, yeah, Even though the transaction closed, it still cost me money. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, any any other any other small little nuggets of wisdom you'd like to share? Anything come to mind before we uh, kind of wrap up? I don't think so. I think okay. Some good stuff. Well, let me ask you this: uh, What book are you reading right now? Ooh, I am reading Integrity by Martha Beck. Integrity by Martha Beck, and mm-hmm. what's that book about? Uh, it's all about the ways we show up in the world and how we can be more authentic and true to who we are as a person. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it's I'm, good. I, I'm going to put a link to that in the in the show notes. And then I will also link to your, I just want to remind the listeners, you have a great show, The 425 Show, and they can get it on Facebook or they can go to, um, what'd you say, uh, iTunes? On iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, perfect. And then if someone, what people want to get a hold of you or they wanted to pick your brain on all your wisdom that you have in the in the 25 yeah. years you've been in this business, how, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Probably via email, which is just my name, Nicole at NicoleMangina.com. Nicole at NicoleMangina.com. Yep. Well, Nicole, I want to thank you so much. Sounds like you're getting another package. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for being here. Uh, listeners, I hope you found some good information from today's podcast. If you like what we're doing, please share it. Um, And again, remember to be awesome, help somebody and make it a great day. Thank you, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.